Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is brought to you by the Lagunitas Brewing Company's Chicago Taproom and Beer Sanctuary. Come for fresh beer, live music, and killer food Wednesdays through Sundays, noon to 9 p.m. Bring your group and hop on a brewery tour seven days a week. Swing by the Lagunitas Taproom in Pilsen or find some near you at Lagunitas.com. Trin, get ready. Life is uncertain. Don't sip. Excellent. That's my favorite. I'm Jen. I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping. And the theme this week is... When your friend's family sucks. Just like like hardcore. Hardcore sucking action. Really bad. Dyson vacuum cleaner sucking action. (laughs) Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Trin. Yeah? Happy summertime, no. baby. No. Oh, no. No, thank no, you. No, you don't like the day star. I don't. But I see that both of us are leaning into the season in our own ways. I am letting my hair fly out in its, all of its humidity. And you have this cute little baseball cap on. I do, but don't change the subject from yourself yet, Jen. <laughs> You look like a glorious, beautiful mermaid that arose out of a foamy sea. Thank you. So let's talk sunscreen. Let's talk about sun measures. Oh my God, SPF. I've been, uh, you should be so proud of me, Trin. I've been very diligent about the sunscreen, especially the facial sunscreen. It's important. It's important because it's not just for like, you know, wrinkles and stuff. It's like cancer too. Yeah, it's like really important for your health. And uh, this is just a Jen and Trin PSA. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know... Yeah, I remember when I was younger, like like teenage Jen, which I still am a teenager, but when I was a preteen, right. I didn't really understand or buy into the fact that the sun can actually make things like acne and blemishes and redness worse. Yes. I just assumed it was like, you're either sunburned or you're not. <laughs> no. But like, no, it's, that's actually like you, you need a protective layer for many a reason. Wear your sunscreen, folks. Yeah, yeah. It can inflame yourself. And Benjamin Franklin, you will be (laughs) wed soon. And uh, and it's sometimes... Okay, here's the thing. Is there anything morally wrong about having tan lines? No. If you want tan lines, you can have them. However, sometimes when you're wearing a fancy dress and you don't want your halter bikini uh, popping out. I just think it's a bit distracting. And I want everyone looking at me, 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 me. Yes. Because I'm the bride. I want to look at the design of your dress, not the pattern of your tan lines. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, I'm stoked. You're going to look great. I've been in a bit of a mood. I don't know if you could tell. I've had quite a week. I've had quite a week, Jen. But, but you know what? I'm not going to talk about my problems. I'm going to talk about my solutions. Oh, that's... You could talk about your problems too, though. But I want to talk about my solutions. All right, go ahead. So as you know, I talked about how my doctor was like, you're too stressed. You got to de-stress, right? Yep, and I was just yep. like, great, like, good luck to me, yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. I'll, if, if I knew how to do that, I'd probably be doing it already. Right, right. I probably wouldn't be stressed. Nobody's, well... Yeah, I almost said nobody's actively seeking out stress, but there's got to be someone who's oh, horny for stress. A- absolutely, people get addicted to stress. They get been hard. There, been there. They're fully engorged on for the excitement of being stressed out. It sounds terrible, but for me, what I'm doing is every day I eat a omega-3 packed bean gruel. <laughs> get your bean mush. <laughs> because my tummy's upset all the time because I'm stressed out. So every day I eat watery bean mush to get my stomach going. That helps. It if I does. eat bean mush, <laughs> It would have the opposite effect. So uh, as a vegan, as you may well know, I have a cast iron tummy that can digest even the most uh, uh, dangerous of uh, compounds, such as beans. Yeah. 16 bean Kroger soup, baby. And I... (laughs) 
I'm, and I've been, and I eat that every day, take a walk every day. I focus on mindfully petting each of my cats for 20 minutes a day. That's so good, being present. Yes. The only time I'm fully present is when I'm doing that with my dog or when I'm eating dinner. Do you have any interesting wedding tales or updates? Oh, yeah, kind of. Um, Well, it's happening very soon, a couple weeks, next month, whatever, it's happening. And we, we never, like, hired a wedding planner or anything like that, but we did hire someone to be like the coordinator the day of. They're called day of wedding coordinators. That's so good. Yeah, they're basically like trends. They handle all of the like logistics and they answer things like, where does the catering truck park? Otherwise, that would fall to me or my partner. And like, we don't fucking know. Also, I want to, <laughs> speaking of present, I would really like to be as present as possible on this day. Yes. Because probably I'm only getting married once, but you know, who knows? Yeah. Um. Either way, either it's going to be a good party. Either way, this is your first husband and I'm excited to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, we have a day of coordinator and it's very unlikely that she's listening to this. But if she is, I want you to know I like you so much. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about her for a moment because she is the happiest person I have ever met. Wow. I walk away from meetings with her being like, maybe the world isn't such a complicated place after all. Really? This girl runs, I think, on rosé. I think she's just the happy, bubbliest person I've ever met. Does she, like, come from money or something? Those are the only people that are happy I right know. now. Well, I think she works in the wedding industry, and she genuinely loves it. Well, so I... great for her, having a career that makes her so happy, or she's faking it like a fucking champ. But I remember when we first were, like, going to ask her to, like, do this job. It was around the time that the horrible cake debacle, bakery debacle, uh, bigotry happening in Indianapolis. <gasps> oh, God. And I was like, oh, I need to double check that all the people I'm hiring aren't bigots. Yeah. And for the most part, I didn't even need to check because they made it clear through like their contracts or their websites or stuff like that or the, through their FAQ. But I was like, oh, I forgot to ask this woman if, are you a bigot or not? <laughs> uh, but I was like, before I sign the contract, I just want to clarify one thing with you. I want to make sure your company does non-hetero weddings. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And the question, although I phrased, I kept it very short and succinct, kind of professional because I wanted to get a professional answer back. Yeah. And I think the question broke her brain, like in a good way. She sent back a paragraph with many an exclamation point. And she just stopped making sense. Like, love is beautiful. Love is love. It's our most important thing in the world. So lucky to be part of so many special people today. The most important thing in my life is my clients. And I was like, whoa. Like a yes, of course, would have been fine. It was like beautiful and a little scary. Honestly, that's how I want everybody to respond. And I like people in particular who are not afraid to say, hey, Gamergate, I don't care if you buy my shit, I hate you. Yeah. And so when I ask somebody like, hey, like, are you cool with gay? I want them to be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That's even a quest. I want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Her enthusiasm was was wonderful. That's badass. Um, Yeah, it was pretty great. Speaking of love being love. Oh, man. This question, you know how we told our listeners a couple weeks ago that we were going to, like, be a little lighter? Yeah, this is not a light question. This is not that light of a question. We're going to take some, like, you know, breakout times to give, like, lightning talks about positive things or something. I don't know what to do here. But, like, we we think that this question is timely. It is important. We feel like we want to answer it. And uh, let's uh, give some content warnings. Um, Homophobia. There's a lot of talk about religion in here. There's a lot of talk about health drama. What else? Is that uh, all of it? Yeah, I would say the homophobia is specifically from parents yes. in this case, and that's especially worth mentioning. Yes. Um, and, oh boy, Jen, it's your job to read it. Here we go. Let me know if you want, if you need a tag in. Thank you. Hi, Jen and Trin. Hello. My friend, we'll call her Amantha, her sister, and I met through church. 
We were super tight throughout most of junior and high school and for a while after. Like tight enough that I went on family vacation with them. So a couple years ago, Amantha came out to me as a lesbian. I was one of the first people she told, and it was honestly such an honor. She said that she and her girlfriend were going to take their time figuring out how to tell her family because we all thought they weren't going to take it well. Fortunately, we were right. Her family has not been supportive or affirming of her. It's been really discouraging, and she's still pretty estranged from her family now. Earlier this year, Amantha and her girlfriend got engaged. It was so cute, and I'm so happy for them. They posted about their engagement on Instagram, but didn't directly tell Amantha's parents. Soon after that, she found out she was going home to have open-heart surgery to replace a valve. I texted and told her that her and her fiancé were very welcome to stay with us while she was in the hospital. I would be there to lend a hand. The surgery went well, and Amantha was recovering really well when she had some concerning chest pain. But don't worry, there were no major complications. And here's where the family issue comes back in and where my question is rooted. Her mom sent out an update to a bunch of people asking people to pray for Amantha and saying that maybe the chest pain was, quote, God trying to get Amantha's attention, unquote, and that they had been praying that God would, quote, bring Amantha back to them, unquote. (sighs) Basically, how do I show love and support to Amantha from three hours away? So far, my strategy has been to oppose the idea that she has to, quote, come back or that her sexuality makes her in need of God getting her attention in any way trying to be excited with her about her engagement and to suggest a lot of audiobooks because she can't really use her arms for six to eight weeks. Her surgery is no joke. I want to be supportive and I want to make her family situation less painful, but I don't really see them anymore, so I can't really stage some kind of stopping assholes intervention to her family. And I feel like saying, maybe they'll come around, isn't really very kind. I know this is a big question, but do you have any ideas or pointers? Okay, everybody take a good deep breath before... I hope no one is driving while listening to this. Yeah. Honestly, it's one of those things you just get angrier and angrier as you as you read. I would love to start this question off with talking about how little this actually has to do with Christianity. That's a great place to start. This has absolutely everything to do with Amantha's family's biases that they already had. And ask her, as you know, because you are very good at being a Christian, literally Jesus was like, take care of the sick, take care of the outcast. Those are things he actually said, according to the Bible. And Jen and I, we don't identify as Christians, but we are both from Catholic upbringings. And I love Jesus memes. They're my favorite favorite (laughs) memes on the internet. But listen, like, Jesus definitely did not want or intend this. Jesus says, like, a million things in the Bible about how, like, the rich can never go to heaven. You got to give away all your material possessions. Be kind to everyone at all times. Turn the other cheek. Do the thing. Do the thing. And he says exactly zero things about being gay. And that is, that is a fact. The pieces of the Bible that we ascribe to being a, hey, everyone, be homophobic, those are mistranslations of the Old Testament. It is not a shock to us that people are picking and choosing the parts of Christianity that they like, even though the parts of Christianity that they like are fully man-made. I, I mean, it, it, just, it just really sucks. We are not surprised that people are making choices about what they believe based in biases they already had. And we don't want to talk too much about spirituality and religion here because your interpretations are so individual and so subjective. But what we will say is that we can say pretty conclusively that Amantha's family is not acting like Christians. It's pretty obvious they're leveraging religion as a shield. This is pretty textbook bigotry. It's also gaslighting because they're pretending to come from a loving, helpful place. And it's false. That loving place that they are kind of dangling over Amantha's head doesn't exist. If Amantha came over tomorrow and said, Mom, I'm not a lesbian, do you think that she would accept her? I don't think so. Uh, No, don't think so. 
I agree with you, Asker, that saying things like maybe they'll come around isn't very kind, simply because I don't think that that is a prediction that you can make. And also, I know that you agree with me that Amantha is good on her own without her family. So when we work on supporting Amantha in the future, I think it would be very separate from her family. Yeah, I think you can't comment on the future of her ties to her family because that is so individual. It's completely up to her. So I think your, your instincts are totally right, and I'm glad you're trusting them because the phrase, maybe they'll come around, you don't want to accidentally erase the pain and trauma. Yes. Um, even if somehow their parents do, quote, come around, we don't even know what that looks like. Come around might be, we'll allow you to sit at Thanksgiving dinner, but uh, not with your wife. Like, yeah. we don't know what coming around, their version of coming around is not going to be what we hope it is. Yeah. I mean, coming around can be, maybe we'll find a compromise on, c- could you be yourself just a little bit less and will accept that person that you're not a little bit more? Okay. I'm going to read the question again, but I believe the, the couple is still engaged. Yes. That means a wedding is coming up. And my heart soars and breaks with the idea of what kind of family will be involved here, if they will be invited, if they'll come, what they'll do. So I think it is wise for you to do as you were predict to do as what you thought you should do, which is probably not comment on what you think the family will do. Right. I, I think that listening is gonna be super important. I mean, I think anything shy of well, let's give the asker a name. We'll say Ethel. Ethel. <laughs> Ethel's great. I Ethel rules. Ethel's fucking awesome. When you reached out and said, Hey, you can you you're going undergoing surgery in my city, I can be a resource here. Ah, that gave me goosebumps. I know. Beautiful I, gift you just offered these people. Ethel, I want to get your name tattooed on my ass because there are so many levels of things you did right here. One, you anticipated what a person who does not have a supportive family may need in a time of trauma. People sometimes take for granted the fact that, oh, yeah, you know, just like, oh, you know, get money from your dad or your mom will drive you to get your wisdom teeth out. When you are a queer person who has been rejected from your family, those things don't exist. That support system is gone. And I think that it's so good that you not only anticipated what she would need, but you gave a clear, hey, this is the thing I can give you, rather than saying, if there's anything I can do. Yeah. Oh, man. We've talked about this on the show before, but I feel like it's worth resurfacing because that's so important. So when someone is undergoing a health scare, some kind of family crisis, or I don't know, if they're going through difficult times, and you want to reach out. Trin taught me this amazing thing, which is not saying the phrase, let me know what I can do to help. Instead, offer what you already know you can do. Can you pick them up? Can you drop off groceries? Can you walk their dog? Find tangible things that you, are, that you can actually do. And don't offer something that you're not comfortable with. If you don't like dogs, don't offer to walk their dog. <laughs> but, you know, but like if you love cooking for other people, this is a great opportunity to drop off some food, that yeah. kind of thing. Like what can you do? Saying, let me know what I can do kind of puts the burden on them mm-hmm. to come up with something or to be like, no, no, it's fine. I'll be fine. And it's so hard also that uh, you're three hours away and want to give the support. So it's not that you can just, you know, drop what you're doing and come over and bring a meal and clean their house. So we got to talk about things that you can do from a distance. But before we do that, let's have a levity break. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea. So in this levity break... <laughs> I feel it would be appropriate for Jen to tell us all about her driver's license expedition that she'll be coming soon. (laughs) For a lot of boring reasons, I need to get a new driver's license. And I am taking the driving test 
this week. So I have been studying up storm like little Hermione. How do you study? Do you just drive around? There's a, no, it's a written test. <laughs> oh. Thank God, because I am way more comfortable studying with a written test than I am like practicing parallel parking. The irony of all of this is I'm not a very good driver. And you don't drive. <laughs> because I don't drive. And I'm not going to start. <laughs> I'm going to continue to take public transportation. Continue to mo- mooch off of everyone around me. So why do you need a driver's license? Because I need an up. I need a new license, and I, oh, it's no. a lot so of. So you boring. can't get like a state ID instead. Could I? Oh, oh my god! Well, already, Did I just solve well, this for I you? No, I don't think I can. I think I need a. I think well, okay. I need a driver's license, and here's why. My partner specifically asked me to get a driver's license because. We are getting married soon, mm-hmm. and he uh, has some anxiety over the fact that if something happens, he doesn't want to be the only one in the house that can drive. That is so good. And I was amazed and impressed that he voiced this concern to me <laughs> because he never asks me for anything. Oh. I would say the thing he asked me to do is, um, can you—I can't even think of the last time he asked me to do a favor for him. So I was like, oh, I don't want to, though. But then, I, but then I was like, yeah, okay, I guess that makes sense. Guess this guy's never heard of Lyft or Uber. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, like, right. hello. I, very I, easy. I can very quickly get us to a hospital or wherever we need to be. But whatever, I guess I'll take the driving test. This is wild. I never had to—I told you I never had to take a driving test, right? Really? Oh, my God. Jen, okay, so— um, Ever? I, How? Ever. What? I never had to take one uh, because— my driving instructor was a creep, and I called him on it, and he passed me, and I uh, and told me that I don't have to take any tests. He oh. bypassed my entire driver's test. Oh, holy fucking shit, Trent. Totally true. True story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember— <laughs> Oh, God. So, like, that's creepy. Obviously, this is a creepy story because, like, he was this older man who was, like, saying really shitty things about women. And one day I was like, mm. Uh, and he was just like, you bypassed the whole thing, which worked out great for me. And I'm I'm happy about that. However, this did not make me a good driver. <laughs> it you makes know? you a badass. Uh, so, uh, I remember a few weeks after I got my license, I'm driving my mom. And we start slowly, like, rolling off the road. And she's like, train, 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 what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I forgot I'm the one driving right now. <laughs> And she's like, are you serious? Is this, what, what? Wait, how did you get your driver? Oh yeah, like, and I told her the whole story and she's like, you're, you shouldn't have this. And I was like, correct. Yeah, too bad. So I, uh, yeah, so I basically, my mom like taught me how to drive because the guy didn't really. But I, I would forget I was driving all the time. That's kind of fantastic. And honestly, it's another one of those signs that I ignored that I have ADD. You know? <laughs> right. Like, you can't just, like, keep forgetting that you're driving. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's not good. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I love it. Well, in conclusion, hydroplaning tends to occur at speeds over 35 miles an hour. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you, Jen. Actually, that's really—I I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, I'm just dropping some knowledge. I every now I pass— if I don't pass, we have to cut out all this stuff. Jen, can you like have a, a sheet of car driving facts on the side so that every time we say something <laughs> sad, you could just shout one? Yeah, some of these are sad. So I'll go to the I'll go to the lighthearted ones. The more lighthearted ones, like like signage, you know. Signage, signage is fun. Signage is so much fun. Yeah. Right. Should we go back? Should we dive back in? So let's talk about tips on what you can do for a sick or hurting friend from far away. So. You can take some tips from people who go viral on Twitter. (laughs) Every Pride season, you're going to see an influx of these incredible pictures of like a grandma wearing a bisexual flag as a cape. Or like, I got this beautiful rainbow sweatshirt from my dad who like loves me and, and cares about me and stuff. You're in luck that this is Pride season and this will now be very easy for you to do. 
we're going to suggest some things that cost money and some things that don't. And before we get like too into the weeds about that, we want to be really clear that if you can't spend money on your friend or it's just pushing the budget that way isn't going to work for you, you're not a bad person. Yeah, that's totally acceptable. 100% acceptable. And like the number one thing you can do is listen, provide words of affirmation, and remind them I hate throwing around the word crazy, but when you feel like you are, you must be the one who's wrong. You must be crazy. You're not, you must not be getting all the correct information about this. My mom must love me, but like there's this piece missing. Remind her that she has the facts. She deserves to take care of herself. And if taking care of herself looks like not talking to her family, then that is part of it. Yeah, I think it's a good time for you to be the voice of support. Presumably this person can talk to their partner about those issues, a therapist. You can be the one that says you are right. Yeah. You're not living life wrong. You're not enjoying life wrong. If you can go out and enjoy yourself right now, I'm going to celebrate that. This is funny, but it's actually just hitting me now that we might get angry emails talking about Christianity and being like, this, like the religion of Jesus is not anti-gay. The religion of Jesus is about kindness and uh, taking vows of poverty. And I don't care. Yeah. I really don't care about yeah, those people who are going to be mad. I don't exist to please everyone. I don't either. So back on other things you could do from far away. Again, pride season is to your advantage. It would be very easy to, I'm not saying like get her a lesbian mug, you know, <laughs> but uh, one time uh, somebody very dear to me, Alex, gave me a bisexuality mug. Oh, right. Because it's got tea. T-E-A. <laughs> I love it. I use it all the time and I drink specifically. It's because I have one cup of coffee in the morning and then at about 1 p.m. I have my green tea pick me up and I always use my bisexuality mug. That's lovely. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. Like it's little things like that that can make you feel like my identity is real enough that people are making goddamn sweaters about it. I want Amantha to know that wherever they are getting their affirmation is valid. A hundred percent. Whatever's making them feel good right now in a time of, let's be honest, personal crisis. Yes. Let's not let's not call this anything but trauma because this is traumatic what she's going through. Yeah. Um, not just the, I mean, family, health, life changes, being engaged and not having the support of her family. Like th- this is very serious. If you can identify the kind of stuff that makes her happy and then show her more of that, that would be cool. It might not be those beautiful pictures of parents hugging their queer kids. That right. might make her jealous. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't share her. <laughs> yeah. When I was talking about the viral tweets, I meant you do that thing. Don't show her that other people's parents right. are cool with their being gay. Yeah, exactly. That will. Oh, man. That's just I, I feel like crying. God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, yeah. Because your friend is in the thick of it. OK, like this is this is going to be a dark time for them. And however they can find some light is valid. I'm going to tell a sad thing that will lead into a happy thing. Oh, let's do it. So I've obviously spent a lot of time on Tumblr. (laughs) And I saw a post going around that I deeply identified with as a bisexual person, which is that queer people fundamentally have a different relationship with their family than straight people. Because really in any group of people, it is very likely that you will have somebody who's bigoted in that group of people. And families are far less likely to call out shitty behavior in order to maintain the peace. And when you refuse to challenge the peace, what happens is your shitty uncle who says shitty things about queer people, that gets filtered through the kids who are growing up. It is really hard in a lot of situations. Obviously, this is not universal whatsoever, but it it was true of me was that I, I just had a very different relationship with my family because I just heard them talking shit about me without them understanding that they were for my whole life. It sucks. And I think that there's a component of that with most 
queer people, mm-hmm. I would guess. Yeah. I would guess that the, that the fully understanding family is like kind of like out there. However, on the other side of my family, I remember I was like nine years old or seven, something like that, walking in my cousin's backyard. There's a bunch of cousins on my dad's side. And I had just heard the word gay used as a slur. And I didn't know what it meant. I didn't get it. I, and I just knew that boys were like, oh, you're gay on the, in the schoolyard. I was talking to my cousins about like music that I enjoyed. It was like the 90s. So, and, I didn't, and I was nine, so I didn't really have music taste. And I just liked what was popular on the radio at the time, which at the time was Bonnie Raitt. And, oh, God, I can't think of the other gay singer that I was super into. Melissa Etheridge. Yep. I was going to say, I can think of two that were popular when we were in young. In the 90s. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh, weird. She's, she's gay. Oh, that person's gay, too. You like gay people. And I was like, no, I don't. And they're like, and my cousins who were like, I, they were all older than me. So they were like, you know, 12 to 14. I cannot believe that this happened. All four of them were like, no, it's fine to be gay. It's just like saying, it's just like saying that they're whatever, you know, yeah. it's, it's just another descriptive term. And to this day, I can't believe that they all received that, like, wholesome good message. I'm so glad. You know? Their teachers in their life, literally their teachers or their family members or their coaches or whoever was influencing them, good job. Yeah. And, and ultimately, like, I will always feel more comfortable around that part of my family than anywhere else. Oh, yeah. That you stuff know? sticks with you forever. Yeah, I mean, I'll never forget the time when a family member told me when I was 11, like, I had, like, all these pictures of Leonardo DiCaprio on my wall, and they were like, wow, I'm so glad you're not gay. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I didn't say anything, of course. I was 11. Right. And I, but I remember thinking, I don't know that I'm not gay. Yeah. I remember being like, I remember shriveling up like a little raisin, like, I, what, what just happened? What did they just say? What does that mean? Yeah. And then I also remember the times when, um, few and far between, but I remember the times when people did stick up for people who were gay. And how that is, just like Trent said last week, trickle down economics, yeah. but it actually matters. <laughs> right. Ah, oh, man. And let's talk about that bit about challenging the peace a little bit. Because yeah. I think that this asker, because she knows the family, has gone on vacations with the family, knows the sister. And also, sidebar, we don't know what the situation with the sister is. We only know what the mom has been saying. So we have been going with the understanding that the entire family is being shitty. But hopefully there's an advocate in there, and that could be somebody you could talk to. I, God, I hope so. So challenging the peace. And the asker mentioned that Amantha's mom sent out an update to a bunch of people. Ask her if you were one of the people in that message, it can be an opportunity for you to challenge the peace for the sake of genuine compassion and peace. I think that if you were mentioned, if you were CC'd on there, I think you would have mentioned it. As I also think it may be too late to say, to say something if this email thread already went out. Right. It may be that the situation is different than what we're reading it. And it may be that even a few weeks later, you may think to yourself, you know what? I do want to say something. And it may be that it works for you and your situation and won't make Amantha's life harder. Right. I think it's worth asking permission. Yes. From Amantha. From Amantha. It may be worth you saying something to the mom. Or cease, you could, I mean, I, I'd throw a bomb in there, you know, as a queer person and just be like, hey, everybody, fuck y'all. You could do a reply all. You there, could. And there ever was a time. Right. Again, this is all very, it's according to your situation. Will Consider whether it'll make things worse. Consider the consequences of saying truth to bad people. Right. Okay, so here's the thing about that. Even though you are right, correct, completely on the side of humanity and decency. 
it still might make things worse. Yep. Being right doesn't matter when it comes to arguing with bigots. I agree. It's as they say that uh, you can't reason somebody out of an opinion they did not reason themselves into. It's like arguing with racism. Yeah. It's not a debate. Yeah. You can't have a debate about this. All you have are the facts. Right. It's like it's one of the one time I, I God, I forgot. I, I tweeted something that went like uh, like thumbs up on, on queer Twitter. And somebody added me and was like, well, what about these things? Like these base, this basic shit or whatever. And I was like, you need to Google this and come back to me. And he was like, no, but these questions. I was like, actually, I need you to understand that you don't know enough about this topic to hold a conversation smartly with me. And I'm not going to talk to you until you do. Hell yeah. Set the parameters of the discussion, which is we are not discussing this level of this. You got to educate yourself. Should we take a levity break? Let's take a levity break. Let's practice some DMV signs. So what's going on at the DMV? Can you give me a sexual... Not a sexual... <laughs> Give me an in-depth yes. <laughs> in description. Spare no detail on what signs you need to know. All right. Trin, I am going to describe the sign, and you tell me what you think it means. Great. I'm I don't want to quiz you. Are you okay with that? Oh, I'm so— Oh, okay. I never took the test. This is great. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck signs mean. Okay. So we have a triangle, but it's upside down. Okay. It is red and white. Caution. Caution or yield? Yeah, girl! Nice, 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 nice. Let's do yeah. five. Let's do five. Okay. Let's see Let's how do I do. One. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Oh, this one you got. What if I nail it? I think you will. I'm gonna do my best to describe this. Okay, so it's a white sign. Yes. It has an arrow, an arrow. making a U-turn. But mm. wait, there's a red circle with a red dash through it over the U-turn sign. What do you think that means? U-turns not permitted, baby. You got it. Yeah. All right. Next question. I'm doing the actual quiz here, by the way. These are real questions. It's a green sign with an airplane on it. Is an, air, an airport nearby? Yep. Oh, my God. God. I'm so good. One of the options here. Here's A, B, and C. A, you are approaching an airport. B, airplanes fly in this direction. C, airplanes fly at low heights in this zone. D, RC flying zone ahead. I don't even know what that is. I honestly, if you had read me the, um, the options, I might have gotten it wrong. Yeah, I could see that. Don't the airplanes flying in this direction one, I was kind of like, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, <laughs> this is a silly one. Blue sign. Okay. It's got a fork and a knife on it. Oh, is the, there's dining available nearby. Nailed it. Oh, my God. I'm so good at driving, guys. Let's do one more. Yellow circle. The yellow circle. Uh, inside the yellow circle is a big black X. Yes. With the letters R and another R. Railroad crossing. Oh, my God. She's oh, a yeah. genius. Beautiful. Five. five. Beautiful Hundo and P. smart. A plus, A plus, plus. I um, think I'm ready to allow you on the road. Thank you, Jen. I appreciate your express permission to drive. <laughs> I mean, someone should should tell you permission. Okay, should we do this thing? Yeah, I also just remembered that we did not continue the list of things that you can do to support a friend from afar. Oh, yeah, we were just we just, just gabbing. Yeah. yeah, okay, what else can you do? Um, we talked about money. If they are, your friend is laid up right now. If this is something you think laid. your friends would enjoy, and many people would feel comfortable with this, you could have them have their house cleaned. Um, again, that falls under their money category. And another thing that, like, some people just some don't people want Some people are that. like, do not let people in my space. Totally yeah. okay. And uh, we don't know 100% what your relationship is like, although you did used to be, like, family friends close. Like, you seem—it seems to me, Jen, tell me what you think about this. It's almost like they have a long-distance close cousins situation. So, like, if I had a cousin who was, like, super awesome, who lived, like, three hours away, and they needed to, like, you know, sleep at my place to be in the hospital, I'd be like, that's great. But I wouldn't necessarily be like, hey, do you want to watch a movie over Skype together? 
Yes, you know? exactly. It sounds like you you got some like fam like some tight familiness there, which is wonderful because I think it sounds like Amantha's missing that in part of her life. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? What else? Again, we know you're three hours away, but I think that offering to be there for things is helpful. Yeah, absolutely. It may be that your friend Amantha is not invited to Christmas. It may be that she's that she has to leave her wife at home if she wants to go see her brother on his birthday, and that is bullshit. And if you have a large like Thanksgiving thing happening, and you're like, "Hey, Amantha and wife, you wanna you wanna like come celebrate with my family?" and you and you know that that's gonna be a safe and, and comfortable know, yeah, space, exactly. Then yeah, that that could be a good thing. Because I guess the way that you start with this that we kind of mentioned earlier is think about what you take for granted if you have a really good and supportive family. Yeah, if you have a support network that is on, yes, that knows your cues that supports who you love, you know, use the power of your imagination and imagine what it would be like to not have those things. Yeah. And even if you're just like having a fight with your family, like the first thing that you miss is somebody giving a shit about you. And so I think the way to foster that kind of relationship of her being like, here's a picture of me and my wife on a Ferris wheel and you being like, thumbs up so good. Oh my God. Start, and if you're comfortable with this and this and this works for you, I would say start doing that at her. Yeah. Encourage the normal things. Right. If something good happens, you're on that team. You are so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of course you are. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to increase the closeness of your relationship, but if you did, this is such a good time for you to do that. We always say, like, text your friends some memes or whatever. But legitimately, this made me think of you is one of the nicest things you can say to somebody. Yep. Whether it's a dress that you saw that would look cute on her or whether it's a, hey, remember that thing with the eggs that was hilarious? Here's a picture of an egg. Remember the thing with the eggs? LMU. Oh, God, that just makes life worth living, doesn't it? Those little moments. If you are having a passing nice thought about your friend, tell them. This is a good time to tell them. Pride Month can be a beautiful thing, but it's also an opportunity for the family members on Facebook to be really terrible. You got to be the anecdote to that poison. Sidebar, current events. Uh, you know that whole straight pride push or whatever. <laughs> she Smash Mouth tweet about it. And Smash Mouth was like straight, straight pride. pride is, Fuck off! Which is so good. <laughs> anyway, okay. Here's the thing about pride. It is a lot less a, my sexuality is awesome, but yeah, I'm so proud of it. Even though if you do feel that way and there are components to this, we hope you feel that way. Like, please do. But pride exists because queer people want a month, a week, a day, a few hours where we can just not be actively ashamed for who we were born to be. Just like a day where you can't shame us. You can't hurt us. We're not hiding. This is what we're doing. And the horniness of pride is often a, a topic of debate. But it's important that people know and see that this is, this is also what we are about. We also, we have sex and that our sex is not less valid. And it's not extreme or weird. Or, or gross. Although it can be. I mean. It consensually. But it's not like gay sex is immediately like, oh. Right, right, right. I, man, straight people, I think, forget how pervasive straight sex is in media. A hundred percent. Think of what the default quote, normal relationship is across the planet. So, Jen, it's so funny you say that. So I have been having this conversation with my bisexual friends about how sometimes the biggest leap to figuring out that you are queer, you're bi, you're pan, you're whatever you are, is that you think to yourself, you have this cognitive dissonance of, 
I've been told that gay isn't normal and it's bad, but I'm normal and good, so I can't be bisexual. Right. Like, I may sometimes want to kiss dudes, but, like, whatever. Uh, that doesn't—I'm just a straight person who also likes men. That's a bisexual. Yeah. You know, and or a pansexual, however it is that you feel most appropriate to, to identify. And so it's interesting because I feel like pride, just, just presenting queerness as n- the normal thing that it is, is just so fucking important. Anyway, <sighs> levity Well, break. I mean, <laughs> straight and cisgender people are the most visible people. Yeah. Everywhere. In every metric, every advertisement in every it's pervasive in all of culture and if can maybe afford one month where maybe we get to look at something new that's just as normal that should just be as accepted and let's talk about sex uh, straight sexuality's toxicity and marketing Ew, yeah so often a pretty woman is just put on a product to sell to men that is actually toxic sexuality Having a kid show where, like, there are two dads is not toxic. It's reality. Oh, yeah, the old phrase, like, how do I tell my kids about this? Well, you should tell them about all the people that exist and whether or not, like, you are a liberated and kind enough individual to be cool with other people's sexuality. I actually think you should talk to your kids about it. I think you should explain that that's normal and loving and beautiful. Yeah, and, like, you should do it early because otherwise your kid's going to have a whole fucking load of problems being an adult if they don't know these people exist. Yeah, I mean, who do you want to raise your children? Culture or you or perfume bottles that are shaped like women so more people will buy them? God, Jen. Gotta I, fuck that perfume bottle. I wanna fuck the shit out of that perfume bottle. Speaking of perfume, it sounds like the name Perfuma, which is a character on She-Ra. And I'm gonna take Leverty Break. Leverty Break! Leverty Break! So my buddy Eric Garneau is— Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Eric's great. He co-hosts a show uh, with his friend Lauren Fates called She-Ra, Progressive of Power. And I'm going to be guesting on the podcast. That's amazing. Um, I don't know where to listen to it yet. Uh, and I should have listened to the whole thing f- like uh, forever ago because, again, this is extremely my shit. But I've been rewatching Shira over and over and over and over again. And I have five pages of notes on the episode that I'm going to be doing. And I'm so excited. If you haven't, okay, first of all, everyone should watch Shira. Like everyone. It's just a, it's such a delightful, lighthearted, sweet thing. And get you some night wine, have a little Shira, and fill your heart with love and joy and color. You know? Don't we kind of all need that? Yeah. But I wanted to talk about it because Jen and I often, not as often anymore, have had uh, episodes where we talk about media. So, for example, a few weeks ago, we were going to talk about the friendships in the Pokemon movie and then decided the movie made too little sense for us to actually do this. <laughs> we couldn't string together the plot, so we had to skip that episode. We just had to, poof. Uh, we'll probably do Captain Marvel soon. If anybody is, like, super into us uh, dissecting the friendships of Captain Marvel soon, let us know. But, Jen, seriously, if, if She-Ra were shorter, I would love to have an episode about it. It just showcases all the different kinds of friendships you can have. That's awesome. It's by Noelle Stevenson, right? It's Noelle Stevenson. And I believe the, I'm sure her creative team is, is larger than just her. But oh, definitely. I just think she's the showrunner, which is cool because she's very young. She's very young and she's doing an incredibly good job. It's just, it's very funny and very good. And it shows not just good friendships, but it shows conflict in friendships that's resolved in a healthy way. So what have we not discussed? You know, I do want to talk about the component of believing that sickness befalls people who have failed. Yeah, that's definitely worth mentioning because that is toxic and extremely damaging. So this is not restricted to just people who uh, are spiritual or who ascribe to a religion. 
this is actually, I think, even more common in atheist communities who are like, oh, the power of germs and blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Um, we get it. We okay, get we it. love science. We all believe in science. You can't disprove science except with other science. We know. We all love it. <laughs> but saying things like, well, I don't know. I don't know. The belief that, like, if you had only jogged every day for the last three years, maybe you wouldn't have befallen this illness. That's, that's bullshit. Things yeah. happen. The world is chaotic. I, and I have, to, I have to say also that um, my discussion of this is inspired by my friend's private Twitter yelling about how angry she has been. So I have a friend who's sick often, and she just always has been that way. Some people have, like, lower immunity, um, milder immunity. Some people have um, more reaction to certain things. For example, um, I'm, like, a little bit allergic to every kind of bug bite, so every bug bite will be worse on me. You are not sickly because of your character. You are not sickly because of mistakes that you've made, although, you know, you can make unhealthy choices. But to say that there is a perfect way of doing things that will keep you uh, healthy forever is incorrect. And it's almost a, it's a, kind of a capitalistic construct to believe if I eat the right things, if I'm exercising, if I'm thin on the outside, then I will be healthy and I will never be sick. But you are not sickly because of your character unless your character includes, like, licking the unwashed hands of bus passengers, <laughs> which you shouldn't do for, like, so many reasons. And you can prevent things. You should prevent what you can. But, man, going up to somebody who has a disease and being like, oh, actually, did you know that uh, these carcinogens are in the pop that you drink every day? That's probably why that you're so sick. That is just the worst thing to do. You don't have enough context. You're not a doctor. This is all to say— the Christian mom's belief that her failing of not being Jesus enough, of not being not a lesbian enough, and now her heart is hurt. What a sad, sick thing to think about a person. It's vile, heinous. There's, no, there's absolutely no excuse for this. And we want everyone to rid yourself of the thing that probably exists within you to say, I know better than you do, and your problems are your fault. That needs to start being removed from your thought vocabulary. Um, these are biases we're kind of taught, and I think misinformation on the internet is making this even more of a visible problem. Green juice can't save my family yeah. from sickness. If there were cures that just worked, everyone would buy that. Right. That's why there's so many acne cures on the market is because there's, <sighs> right. there, isn't, there isn't one thing that fixes it because right. if there were, we would all just take that pill. Anyway. Anyway. I'm mad. Me too. This was, uh, this was hard to get through because I think it's going to be hard for a lot of people to listen to because they're going to recognize components of a lot of this. Yeah. Not necessarily just in their own sexuality, but in the failings of their own families or in the worries about their own friends. To end this on a happier note, I have to say the friend that's at the center, the, the friend that asking, that's asking this question is doing a good job of being yes. a loving person. And I think your heart, is your heart and your concern is in the right place. I believe in you, Asker. From everything that you have said to us, the amount of care that you have put into your actions and, uh, you know, reminding your, yourself to be a good and loving person. I mean, I think, I think that she is in, I think Amantha is in capable hands. I really do. I, and I think that there's going to be a lot of like that, you know, general advice that we have to give everyone, which is make sure you're not taking care of her at the expense of yourself, or at least not such a great cost to yourself. Right. Remember that your friend is not a project. Right. This is not your new hobby. It's not your new part-time job. This, per this person's problems with their family are not for you to untangle. Right. But you can be in their corner for yeah. sure. You can mindfully be a good advocate for them and just, you know, listen. Yeah. Oh, uh, you rule. Oh, my God. Good job. 
I really hope you have a really good day today, whatever you, whenever you actually listen <laughs> to this. Probably not after listening to this. Probably not, but you know, I, ho- I hope you do. This has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can at DoFriendship. So if you have a question, please email us at friendshipingpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any comments or any suggestions or anything you heard on the show you want to know a little bit more about, that is the official channel that we definitely want you to email. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing, as always. Thank you to Monica Verma for being our agent. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing. Thank you to Alex Cox, our podfather and audio daddy, for keeping this studio working. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for doing all of our design work. And thank you all so much for listening. You're welcome for talking. You friendship at the problem. Blue sign, person in a bed. That there's a hotel available Yep, lodging is available. So good.